This is episode number 240 with Ross Parquet of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. What's going on, Founder Fam? Hope you are having an awesome day wherever you are around the world. If you are new to this show, my name's Nathan Chan, and I'm the CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine and also the host of the Founder Podcast. And uh, let's talk about today's guest. His name is Ross Paquette, and he is the founder of a company called Post. Now, it's really, really interesting what they have been able to do in this, uh, I guess you could say CRM and also email marketing space. Um, we have actually uh, become a customer of Post because uh, deliverability is so extremely important. And what I really like about Ross and everything that he's doing with Marrow is he had a really, really unique strategy around the kind of a way that he wanted to service his customers and also the need in the market. Um, so he's gone, he's chosen a really, really solid kind of, he hasn't gone for the low end kind of, uh, I guess, B2B. He's gone for mid-level market, but not enterprise. And uh, yeah, a lot of interesting things to learn around how to treat your customers, customer service, how to acquire customers, but also choosing the right market and choosing the right business model. Uh, The company has grown extraordinarily fast. Uh, Ross is an amazing guy. So yeah, guys, you're in for a treat. Um, If you are enjoying these episodes, please do take the time to leave us a review on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening. And also, if you could uh, subscribe to the channel, um, this podcast, and also our YouTube channel, uh, that would be amazing. Uh, I know that you guys, if you enjoy this podcast, you would love our YouTube channel. So make sure you check it out. Just go to youtube.com forward slash founder. We have a goal to get to 100,000 subscribers. I hope we can get there. You know, every little bit counts. So if you are a fan, if you are part of the founder family, make sure you go and check out our YouTube channel. We're pumping so much awesome video content out there for you. All right, guys, that's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. 
the first question I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? Uh, so I'm, I'm actually the, the founder of Mariposa. So I started the company um, myself. Awesome. And uh, how, how did how did you find yourself uh, you know, starting this this massive email? Uh, you know, you guys do cloud now, everything. Yeah. Like, how, how did you how did you get yeah. into that? Like. For sure. So, so I've been in the tech space for about um, ten years. I, I started my career um, selling a more self-service product, so kind of like a, a Mailchimp style product, if you're familiar with them. Um, and very quickly, I went from being a, a junior, you know, inside sales rep uh, right at the beginning to a director of sales within about twelve months. Uh, and then shortly after that, I, I moved to a, a bit of a, a smaller organization. And while I was there, I realized, uh, you know, that this was such a a strong, almost, you know, effectively limitless market in terms of the, the potential customer base that it has. Uh, and that, you know, maybe creating a lifestyle business out of it would be would be a good idea. So I, you know, the plan was to have 10 customers and, you know, maybe sit by the pool a little more often than not. Uh, granted, I haven't had much time for that lately. But um, the goal, you know, I, I think, you know, at the starting point was just, again, to focus on a small pool of customers, do maybe half a million dollars in revenue. Uh, and then after that, um, you know, I wouldn't say that the the focus was to to scale the business to where it is today, and, and certainly not to where it's going. But the you know the, the thought process around it remained the same, which was that we wanted to always you know focus on the product side of things and the support side of things. Um, so that's really sort of the the background of um, you know where, what got us to uh, you know to that starting point. Yeah, got you. So talk to me around, I guess. Like, uh, if if you're a sales guy, like, how did you build it? Um, are you guys bootstrapped? You're a solo founder too, is that correct? Uh, that's correct. I do have. I mean, I would classify him as a co-founder, my my CTO. Even though when I started the company, um, it, he was not, you know, not with us or not with me. But yeah, effectively, I you know handled all of the business aspects, the product side of things, you know, finance, HR, so on and so forth, and and he was responsible for the. The technical side or the architecture of the application. So we were really the perfect team because, you know, he, he's just a phenomenal, uh, again, developer at the same time, but also, you know, is able to, to execute quickly on, on sort of the vision I had for the product. Yeah. Wow. And, um, how did you find, how did you find your, yeah. your CTO and, and, and how did that all come about? Yeah, so funny enough, a uh, really unique story. I, 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 again, was working with another gentleman um, prior to, to our current. And, you know, things really just weren't working out, you know, from a, a relationship perspective, from a, a production perspective. So I had actually planned to kind of shut the company down and, and I, I was still working at the time. So I was just going to focus on that. And what ended up happening is, uh, funny enough, my, my parents who, you know, who are, are not tech savvy, you know, for, in any way, shape or form, um, you know, so why don't you look online? Maybe you can find somebody. Our, our product was built in Ruby on Rails at the time, so not not you know hugely popular in North America. Uh, so I went on to Odesk, which is now Upwork, uh, and we actually he was the first person I spoke with. So uh, very very lucky to to have have found him on uh, you know on that channel. Yeah, wow. So like another thing that that kind of I'm curious around is, is building a SaaS product is not cheap. Um, so your kind of first point of call, I guess, was to go on up. Like you, you, you conceptualize that you want to build a lifestyle-based business. Um, you know, email marketing service. Like you said, half a million annual recurring revenue. Um, you obviously like to travel. You're here in Sydney right now. Um, yeah. So, 
you know, how, how did, like, how, how did you go? Um, what I'm trying to understand is how did you go from kind of, you know, like yeah. funding wise and product wise? Because I've always known until recently, Marrow Post is as, as more of um, a tool to help with deliverability. Yeah. So, so realistically, we, we've well, not realistically, um, we've never received any funding from a from a an operations perspective. Uh, we did do a secondary round two years ago that was more just bringing in partners and again taking chips off the table, so to speak. Um, so we are completely bootstrapped from that perspective. And and as I mentioned earlier, the the focus has always been again on that that product and and support side of things. So uh, when I say that, is in you know our focus was on innovating within the space and and you know developing and moving the ball forward faster than everyone else. Uh, deliverability is is really just a, a again a, a service function that we've excelled at and we excelled at it because I um, you know at a time when we were only two employees I had to manage deliverability so. I developed a really unique view as to how you know we needed to support our customers and what we really needed to do from that perspective. So uh, you know, kind of back to your to your question, the goal became you know more of a growth by product, growth by support strategy than than a sales and marketing effort. Um, so so when I go back to uh, you know the the early stages of the company, it's not like I was you know I was necessarily traveling around or or, or uh, you know, actively doing outbound campaigns to gain new customers. We were really just gaining a lot of business through uh, through referral and, and word of mouth. And, and we gained that because of our reputation, uh, sometimes in the deliverability space, sometimes just in, in the product, uh, you know, aspects of it all. Um, and really what we were able to do just so quickly. Um, so very, again, kind of unique from that standpoint. Yeah, I see. So, um, you know, you guys have expanded and, and you have marketing cloud and also sales cloud. And um, you know we're looking to sign up as a customer to help us with um, yeah with, with 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 deliverability on our side. But um, I'm curious, how did you? Uh, because there are a lot of uh, you know ESPs out there. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious. So when you when you launch, how long did it take to build the product? Um, yeah. Um, obviously, you know your your co-founder you would have paid via Upwork. So your your team does that mean your team's fully remote or talk me no, through no. that side of things? Yeah. So at the time, uh, well, sorry, stepping back. So our our focus at the time was was to, you know, obviously develop something quickly that that customers could utilize. So think of like you know the basic email marketing functionality. Um, you know, from there we we've, we've gotten into marketing automation. We've gotten into the mobile in app push notification aspects. We've gotten into social. We've gotten into you know customer and lead acquisition. So. Our, our marketing cloud, which is one of our two, you know, current suites uh, uh, now, uh, you know, what was that was the basis of, of where the company came from, being the, the email marketing side of things. Um, so where we've gone, you know, even further from there is we have a second product now that gets into uh, e-commerce, CRM, you know, service and support. So our our overall focus is to create an ecosystem where you know where customers can can you know have a lot less partners. And so when you think about the, the, you know, the email space, so there being a lot of email service providers out there, there really aren't that many in, 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 that, um, in that a lot of companies offer you know, email marketing or mass messaging and such. But from a, you know, from a mid-market to enterprise perspective, there's really you know, 10, uh, you know, 10 vendors out there. And, and the bulk of those vendors are you know, the sales forces, the IBMs, the oracles uh, of the world. And, and that's a very unique you know, kind of offering. When I say unique, it's like, there's no, there's very little relationship taking place. It's more of the here's the platform, you know, figure out how to use it, and we'll charge you an arm and a leg for that. 
So, so we're really kind of approaching it from a different perspective of we want to build our own products. We want to build our own features. We want to build our own ecosystem. Um, all of those companies just the same, right? They're buying their way there. And that brings a very unique set of challenges, both for the customer uh, and, and the vendor. You know, granted, when you have billions of dollars, that's maybe not such a problem. But um, I don't see that as the future of, of the space that we're, we're focusing on. Um, you know, I see I see the space, you know, kind of evolving from a, you know, a either multi-product structure or, or when I say multi-product being that there's all the products are very different. They were developed very different. They don't speak to each other very well to, you know, organizations that really want to innovate and, and actually develop the solutions themselves to be, you know, very easy to use, but at the same time, very advanced from a feature functionality perspective. Yeah, I see. So how did you get your first few customers? Like, um, so, and how long did it take to build uh, the first version of Maripost? Uh, so it was really quite quickly. It was probably only a few months uh, in oh, terms wow. of the first version. Yeah. And because I was already coming from the space that I, you know, I had customers uh, or companies that I, that I had worked with or that I knew of, um, you know, that really wanted to continue to work with me and, and they came on board, you know, essentially right away. So there's probably, you know, between that sort of day one customer to, you know, to, you know, day 365, um, you know, it, there wasn't a ton in that first year. It was mainly focused on how do we get this product to become, you know, a scalable, you know, easy to use, you know, platform that I can bring on customers at any given time. Um, and so it really didn't take us that long, I think, in, you know, in terms of, again, not having funding and, and having limited resources. Uh, but that was the overall, you know, the overall focus. Yeah, got it. Because because um, I'm sorry if I keep keep prodding you, Ross, because I'm just trying to work this no. out because it, it's pretty it's very impressive what you've done. Like, you know, you built a, a nine figure company in the space of what is it, seven, eight years? Uh, six years, actually. Six, yeah. six years. Yeah. And this is an extremely competitive space. You've bootstrapped it. You're a solo founder as well. Um, you know, we're we're just you know a founder. We're trying to we're we're just starting on this path of of, of building a SaaS product as a, you know another service offering. And I just know how long things take. I know how expensive they are when you're bootstrapping. I know I know as a solo founder how hard it can be. Yeah. Um, so and I also know the speed of development. Like things take time. So I just quite find it quite fascinating that you're looking to, you know, compete with a, you know, a sales force and, and, and the, you know, you've got, you know, two, two platforms now and um, you've got a lot going on and yeah, it's just really impressive. That's all. So I'm just trying to work out or get a grasp on perhaps, you know, where are some, uh, you know, forks in the road where you've made really key decisions that have helped accelerate the growth of Maripost or, or just like, you know, was it, a strong differentiation of price. That's what I'm trying to work out. Yeah. So the, the two kind of, again, the, the core areas, right, are, are, are different of differentiation are, are certainly the product and, and the service and support side of things. Right. So you, you, you know, you kind of mentioned deliverability, but just think of your, your day-to-day relationship that you want to have with your vendor, right? A lot of, you know, organizations, you know, you, you have an account manager sometimes, you know, how, how dedicated is that account manager? How focused are they on actually helping you to grow the business um, you know, how quickly are they, re- you know, re- responding to you from a support perspective? I think all of those are, are just very critical areas. So, uh, you know, to, to start with the support side of things, um, which was really actually at, at the start of the business, that was the focus. So, you know, we have things like 24 hour in application live chat, because I've always believed that being able to speak to somebody while you're looking to launch a campaign or create a new strategy is, you know, is critical. You, you can't be submitting a ticket and waiting 
24, 48 hours to get a response. It's just, it's not really reasonable in today's, you know, sort of, sort of marketing age. Um, you know, we have things like five minute response times on our email tickets. So that way we're, we're certain to get back to you when you are in a critical, you know, situation, if you are looking to open a ticket and obviously phone support and all of that. But it, the, the goal has always been that, that strong relationship and that, you know, hey, we're not just here as a vendor. We're here as a, as a partner. We want to help you grow the business because if you grow your business, you know, you make more money. And of course, we make more money and we're more successful. So I, I, I would rather, you know, when you think about that side, I, I would always rather have less customers and a better service and support aspect than, than more. Right. Most of the um, enterprise companies out there, you know, it's submitted ticket and hopefully you hear back sometime, you know, in the same week. Um, you know, without having to pay through the nose for for a support layer like a platinum or gold or what have you. Um, and sort of to the second point, you know, from a product differentiating perspective, that's always been focused on the innovation. So when I say innovation, I'm thinking of, of sort of twofold. It's, it's one, creating, you know, kind of feature function aspects that are very easy to use, but at the same time, very advanced, um, but also developing them not as, you know, as what you would typically need, which is multiple products, but all in one suite of tools. So, you know, if I'm looking to launch marketing, you know, e email campaigns, and I want to tie that to my my SMS or my push or my in-app messaging because I, I my main product is is an app. Um, maybe I want to automate the process of how customers come into uh, you know our organization, what they're communicated with using marketing automation. Uh, you know, again, the the lead and customer acquisition side of things. You know, being uh, pop-up modals and forms and all that kind of stuff. Most companies are typically that you would need another product to do that. So we really want to consolidate a lot of those, you know, kind of solutions, tools and such into one platform so that the marketer can easily go in and, and create their strategies or execute on their strategies very quickly, uh, you know, not have it take weeks, you know, to accomplish. So that, that's sort of the core of it all. Yeah, I see. And and like building out like these ex these extensive uh, platforms, how are you doing it while bootstrapped um, and, and just like just time and, and speed of development? Uh, I mean, realistically, that's that's a combination of how we've architected our platform, you know, obviously the proficiency of our development team. So there's a combination of things, you know, just taking place there. But there's no one, you know, there's no one avenue that's that's driving things, you know, quicker, I guess you could say, as in, you know, we're, we're not using anything that isn't available off the shelf, I guess you could say. Yeah, of course. It just seems that, um, yeah, you guys can can move very, very fast. Um would you agree compared to like yeah. other others in the space? And I'm just, I guess, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I'm I just trying to yeah. start a mentality though. I mean, there, there is, you know, when, when you're in an established company, again, the Salesforce, IBM, the Oracle's of the world come to mind. There's, there's so much, you know, bureaucracy, red tape to accomplish anything. So many legal avenues that have to be consulted. You know, we, we are still, you know, we still benefit from being, you know, again, significantly smaller than them. Yeah. And, um, how, how big is, is, is Mara now in terms of, um, team and, uh, are you guys uh, fully remote or hybrid or all in one, one office or multiple offices or. Yeah. So we, we have offices in Chicago, Toronto and, um, and India as well. So for the most part, you know, 99% of people are in, in one of those offices. Uh, we have four employees in the U S that are remote mainly because they're, their positions are are unique in terms of their skill set, but uh, yeah, everybody is in the office, uh, you know, from that standpoint. Got you. And um, how come you have multiple offices? Like India, obviously, I understand, but um, yeah, how how come uh, one in Toronto? One is that because of the the client, so you can provide more like faster support, or 
No, no. So Chicago um, or, or being in the U.S. was a, was more of our focus around, um, you know, sales and, and, and you know, actually more, more sales talent uh, and, and just having access to a much larger market. So Canada or Toronto in that example has, you know, Canada has under 40 million people. You know, America has 400 million people. So uh, we're opening ourselves up just to a, a significantly larger pool of talent and, you know, being able to, um, you know, again, also benefit from, you know, I think the the style or the mindset or the methodology that um, that exists in America today uh, versus versus Toronto or versus Canada. Sorry, that is. So there's no real specific reason. It's just more of how we want to be able to, to be flexible to the people we're, at, we're adding to the organization. Got you. And one thing I'm curious, and this is something that I've found just from, from personal experience is, is with these um, email marketing uh, com- companies that provide email marketing SP, like as time goes on, you get these kind of people that just like, you know, give you give your company a bad spam score because they're just like they jump on the platform and they're selling just absolute rubbish. And yeah. then a lot of people flag them as spam and then and then it affects kind of the whole pool of people um, that are using that that email service provider. Like how have you prevented that, especially from like I said, I, yeah. I, I know you guys um, from from deliverability like a, for, for your deliverability product and we're looking to be a customer, but I'm just really curious. Yeah, so from that perspective, um, again, that that's how you analyze, you know, any given customer and the metrics. We, we of course are focused on larger clients, so um, you know, we 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 can have less as opposed to say, again, a, a Mailchimp or or an Infusionsoft where they have tens of thousands of clients, um, you know, paying paying them a lot less. So it, it's really again, it comes down to the support you're able to provide at an individual level. Um, of course, at the same time, you know, we we have you know. We, we focus on quality customers, so not customers who are going to, you know, again, who are going to sort of poison the well, um, you know, fr- from that standpoint. Uh, we also, again, have more flexibility on on putting customers on on dedicated infrastructure and, and again, how we monitor them from a day-to-day perspective. And, and of course, helping them to avoid making any mistakes, you know, even if they are a great brand or a great, um, great customer. Yeah, that makes sense. So... Um, talk to me around kind of innovation. You said that um, you guys are you believe quite strong on innovation. Like, how have you fostered that innovation based culture within within Mara? Yeah, so our our you know our culture is actually really more work ethic based, but those sort of go hand in hand. So when I say work ethic based, is in you know we're we're all here to just you know kind of power forward as quickly as possible. And and from an innovation perspective, I mean we, we've never had a lack of creativity uh, at the organization from a again from a product standpoint. So it, it breaks it down to again the work ethic side because you know if we have all these great ideas that that's great, but if we can't build them or we can't execute on them, you know they're they're just what they are. They're ideas on a on a piece of paper. Um, so having that kind of strong you know work ethic and 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 workforce that are are looking to to again move the ball forward quickly, um, you know is a, is a key act you know key piece I guess you could say. Yeah, I see. And when it comes, so you guys, you so you guys are going. Would you guys say you guys are going for the enterprise market, or, or it's not really the enterprise yeah. market. Like I like to call it the upper mid market to low enterprise. And yeah. what that means is really, really companies that are still in that you know, obviously still growing very quickly. You know, still still exciting from their own perspective. So it's 
you, you know, it's, it's, it's not that we're looking for any specific type. It's, it's almost like we're just, we're looking for good businesses to work for, right? Not businesses that are starting day one necessarily, though we have many of those because they're, they know where they're going from a success perspective already. Maybe their, their CEO or their founders have already, you know, have already built previously successful companies and they know the platforms that they want to use. Um, but in that, in that sort of more mid to market to, to, as I said, low, low enterprise aspect, it's companies who still have a strong value on that relationship, right? Like we're not necessarily going after the Procter, you know, and Gambles of the world or the Johnson and Johnson, or given that, uh, that I'm in Australia, the, the Woolworths, um, it, you know, it's, it's that those ones have, don't, aren't really, you know, kind of looking to move as quickly. Right. So we want to work with companies that are, are actually kind of looking at the same, you know, sort of view that we are. Yeah, got you. I, I understand because the reason I asked that question is, um, um, you know, it is quite often that uh, you know, SaaS, SaaS companies or, or or even other you know product based companies they try and go kind of kind of upstream to to enterprise or, or a higher tier market. That's 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 how they scale. But you from the start, you guys were always kind of uh, you would say, I guess um, not necessarily enterprise, but a but a mid. Mid, mid to high or under and yeah so, so, and that was strategic from day one yeah more or less yeah it's it's i mean our, our product and our platform too is is centered on that you know that that kind of client base so you know as in as in a, a company starting day one is not going to need or want the feature functionality you know pieces that we have uh, an established company who is still growing very quickly is because they're going to be looking at the roi side of things and the revenue side of things and you know, again, not not just saying like, oh, are we executing a great program like some of the enterprise companies out there might might look at? They're saying, hey, do we do we literally did we increase our revenue by by twenty or thirty or forty percent last month because of Meropost or because of the support we've been providing? Yeah, no, I think that's really smart. It it does certainly make, um, I guess, the sales process easier in some aspects because it's not a hard sell. It's you guys got a great product. Um, it's not like, you know, these companies, uh, you know, it, you, if you can show a clear ROI and, you know, they've already got a, a clear customer set and a product market fit and traction, then, then mm-hmm. it becomes much easier. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So um, talk to me around, I guess, uh, you guys are really, really focused on kind of the account management and 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 the and the support side, um, which I think is amazing, and I, I think that that that's definitely needed. But a lot of founders, I guess, are very, very focused on more customers, more revenue, and from a I guess a, a an account management side or a, or a customer success side or or a support side. A lot of people would, I guess, listen to this right now would would not understand like i know it's easy to say and you've said it multiple times and i i get it but some people would just not understand that investment because it would be hard to see or measure or track you know except yeah the churn yeah I, I totally know what you mean so that that's one of the um when I, when I look back you know in in the next you know five or, or even ten years from now you know I, I want to be able to look back and say that we did something different and when i say you know different i mean you know really what you're talking about is that most organizations within the tech space now, you know, step one is, is raising, you know, is raising funding or going out for funding um, because they, they don't, you know, either they lack the confidence or the ability to start and bootstrap the business in a way that, you know, that I think companies or, or certain individuals were able to do, you know, maybe 10 years ago or maybe focused on more. And there's so much money around right now that it's very easy to gain funding for, you know, 
ideas that really aren't even, uh, you know, even companies. They're more features, you know, that, that a company would have as part of an overall toolkit. So when, when I say that, um, I think that, you know, our focus for in not being just grow, 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 grow by, by all means necessary is because we didn't come from that background. It, it's focusing really just on how do we create a good organization or a great organization um, or how do we how do we set specific goals that are, are, of course, you know, certainly revenue based as well, but also focused on, you know, what do we want this organization to look like in the next five to 10 years? Right. And and maybe that's a, a 200 or a 300 million dollar or 500 million dollar revenue company. Maybe it's a billion dollar revenue company. But the goal should be to focus on building a great organization as opposed to, you know, we have to hit these numbers because if we don't hit these numbers, we don't get our next round of funding. And if we don't hit these numbers, you know, we may run out of cash. And, and then, you know, where, where does that position us? I never really wanted to build a company or I wouldn't even know how to build a company with that as the focus. So it's, it's, it's really just giving us that ability, again, to, to do things a little bit differently. And, and you know, I, I wish, you know, or I hope to see our space do, you know, do more of that in the future, because I think that's really where innovation comes from. It doesn't come from just, you know, saying we have to sell everybody and we have to market to everybody. Certainly that's part of the overall process, uh, but it can't be the overall goal or shouldn't be the overall goal. Yeah, I, I love it, man. Thank you for sharing. And, and one thing that was kind of um, shouting out to me with, with what you were saying was, you know, I, 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 I'm starting to wrap my head around now, you know, how you've built, you bootstrap this company. It's, you know, one of the fastest growing tech companies in, in North America. Um, you know, you've bootstrapped it. I, I think, I, I think I'm starting to understand it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's more around than anything like the product and the support, but then also just this, um, you know, you guys do have a, I think you are, guys are building out a bit of a blue ocean with what you're building. And um, that's, that's really, really servicing you well, because also, um, you know, a lot of, I guess a lot of companies that do uh, bootstrap and, and they're building a SaaS based product is more to the lower tier market. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, I get it, man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I got you. Well, there, there's something actually, that's a, a great you know point that you just made there. That's actually another thing. So we, you know, today we, we focus mainly on the direct sales, you know, aspects or, or, you know, we have a sales team and they are, of course, going out and, and you know, finding customers and customers are inbound or are speaking to them. But we are also moving into that that self-service arena. And the reason we're doing that uh, is, is for a couple of reasons. Um, one, we have a lot of features within our product that are actually, you know, perfectly suited for um, you know, for, for their own kind of self-service product line. So an example would be we have transactional email messaging, which is very similar to what like a SendGrid or a SparkPost or a MailJet does. Uh, so we have that functionality already. Why don't we just productize it and allow people to come in and, and create another, you know, again, uh, sales strategy, which is focused more on, uh, on um, you know, on acquisition. And so by doing that, actually, we're, we're you know, moving the business not not away from, but you know, to a direction that has you know two different strategies, and and those two strategies provide you with very unique benefits, right? A, a self service product these days, uh, you know, typically has to have you know thousands or, or hundreds of thousands, or in many cases even millions of customers, uh, you know, to be successful. But the benefit that that's providing them with is the exposure to that market, right? So if if you know if um, Ross and Nathan are are using this platform. Uh, and maybe they're paying $9.99 a month, or maybe it's free because there's many free platforms out there these days. You know, why why don't we bring him in at such a low cost and then utilize him to to 
understand more of what the Maripost offering is and, and all the features and the products that we have and, and then start to entrench ourselves in those organizations um, that are maybe using us, you know, in, in just very small formats. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's probably, you know, one of the most, um, you know, exciting strategies that we're looking to move forward with in the next uh, in the next 12 months. Yeah, that's really interesting and really smart. So, you you know, you've built kind of these platforms and then you can kind of productize one particular really strong feature um, to kind of welcome, you know, uh, potential prospects into your world. And if they sign up, then um, they're, they're, if you guys do an amazing job, which it sounds like you are, especially on the uh, customer support, customer success, and, and you know, it's a servicing side, um, yeah. then there's no reason why they wouldn't ascend if they need other things, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really smart. So you you're, you're basically uh, leveraging an asset that you already have. Yeah, and, and exactly. Making it as an entry point into yeah. into a broader market to scale. Yeah, exactly. And you might, I mean, you might see uh, you're familiar with Atlassian, which yeah, is an Australian company. Yeah. yeah. So they they did something very similar um, when they bought Trello, and I can't remember the the specific metrics. Are you familiar with Trello though? We run our whole business off Trello. Ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So it's a perfect example. So, so Trello, um, you know, very, very, not low, I wouldn't say, but very low revenue versus the, the price that they paid for them. But really what they were buying is they were buying that user base. And that user base was, I believe, somewhere around 17 to 20 million users, right? Even though most of them are, are free, right? They're not paying. But you're gaining that access in a way where, you know, the exposure to 20 million people is not something you're going to get with a product that you're selling to you know, a small amount of customers at a, at a very, you know, at a much higher price point. So that was, you know, actually one of the examples that really led me to believe that, you know, as part of our, our overall uh, strategy moving forward, you know, we needed to have, you know, something more than just a direct sales market or uh, direct sales uh, strategy. Yeah, that's really smart. It makes sense. So I'm curious, you talk about that there's a lot of free tools in the market. And um, do you do you believe that that is where SaaS is moving? That we will see a, a, a strong increase because development uh, is getting easier and easier um, and cheaper. You know, and, and you know, there's guys like yourself bootstrapping these hundred million dollar plus companies. Um, like, do you believe that that's where SaaS is moving? We'll see more and more free tools to kind of disrupt the market. Just like a Trello to 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 acquire a user at scale. Yeah, I, I don't know that there, we're going to see any more than we're seeing now. As in, I don't know that you know companies are are any more focused on on that strategy. I do believe that you know the low cost space. Um, you know, when I say low cost, being the self service market actually uh, is is, t- is coming more to the forefront to what you said before. Um, I, you know, I think that's because it's easier, right? As in. I, I'm not sorry. I shouldn't say it's easier. It's it's easier to to launch though from that perspective because you don't have to build out a you know a 10, 20, 30 person sales team and the the costs and such that come along with that. Uh, you're really avoiding that strategy and putting those dollars towards the marketing aspect. And the the benefit of the marketing avenue is you, you know you can really track or not really you can you can track everything you know from from each dollar spent. So you know if we spend hundred thousand dollars. This is how many leads we're going to get. This is the conversion we're we're expecting, or this is the conversion we're hitting. You know, and then you can start to really tweak that more from a you know a dollars perspective. As in, do we throw more you know uh, more dollars onto the fire here, or, or more gasoline onto the fire? Um, and and you have a lot more control versus saying, okay, I think if I hire ten more sales reps, 
you know, these are the metrics we're going to see based on, you know, historical numbers or based on the market. But that's never really, that's not really a certainty or it's not really as, you know, quantifiable. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, okay, so another question that um, I wanted to ask was around acquisition. So a lot of SaaS companies, they acquire a customer at a loss and they have a, a reasonable time period of earn back, sometimes 12, 18, yeah. 24 months. Um, yeah. How does that work with you? Because you guys have not raised capital. How have you worked your way around that? Besides having a great product and obviously having great referral marketing in place and, and yeah. great support. So our our benefit, you know, the benefit that we have is that the company was was very established with a with a relatively small team, uh, established from a revenue perspective. So, you know, we, we don't really worry about our. There's no cost to to repay the customer, as an example. So, you know, that that strategy applies more to the self service market, right? So it's you know how how much did it cost? You know, Ross is going to pay us nine ninety nine a month. Uh, how much did it cost us to acquire him, right? Whether that's through you know, Google ad costs, marketing costs, whatever the, the strategy is. And that's why I was talking about, you know, it being more quantifiable from that perspective, because you can go down and say, it cost me $67 to acquire this customer or to acquire, you know, these customers. Um, you know, again, that's going to take us six months or seven months almost to, to pay it back. And then and then we're finally into it. And you're, you're working with more of a, again, a mathematical situation than you are, you know, when you have a direct sales team, because, you know, some months you could have, you know, you could obviously blow your numbers out of the water because the sales team just had a great month and other months, you know, maybe not so much. So, you know, for us, we don't really look at that because our, when our customers coming on board, we, we haven't really, we haven't had a meaningful cost to be associated with, with that specific, you know, deal as in it, our, our cost of sales is so low. It's probably the better way. Of putting it. Yeah, that, that makes sense because yeah, you have a, you're going after a much higher tier market. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, again, that's where the positives and, you know, of each side really come, come to light, right? Is it's great to have more, you know, uh, you know, stronger metrics to support, you know, business decisions on the self-service side of things, but on the other side of thing, you know, being the, the direct sales side, you benefit from, you know, potentially having significantly larger growth, you know, much more quickly, uh, to help grow the business. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and I guess, um, because of your sales background, you know how to build sales teams, uh, I would I would say I would defer to people on the team side of things, but I would say from a <laughs> sales background, uh, you know, that's really what gave us the benefit early on with me being, you know, the the sales rep itself. Yeah, gotcha. Um, you said about recently uh, before and creating a great organization. Um, if you could, you know, kind of talk us through because uh, is is this this is your first company too, right? Like. How have you... Yeah, this will be the first and only one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's for sure. So, so talk to me around how you've you've learned and and what you have been doing to create a great organization. Yeah, so you know when I think of again creating when I say the word organization, you know, there's obviously I could say business, company, what have you. You know, people go out there and, and the bulk of individuals these days are starting or within the tech space, especially are starting organization or sorry, starting companies with the basis of either selling them or they have to grow so fast to, to get to an IPO. And, and that's, again, a much smaller subset. The, the large majority are are looking to, you know, to, to become acquired. So I, I like to use the term organization because I, I really want us to be positioned, you know, alongside of the sales forces, the oracles, the IBMs uh, of the world and create more of a, you know, a legacy of what we're doing here than, you know, than just building something up to a certain dollar amount and then selling it to, you know, to one of our competitors. Um, 
So we're, when we think about what, what is required to do that, right, you're, you're focusing, again, not just uh, on, on the growth aspect, you're focusing on, okay, well, as we're growing, like, what, what do we want to do with that? Do we want to be, uh, and we do have a nonprofit, so do we want to be more involved with philanthropic ideas? What do we want those to be? How do we want our employees to engage with that, that area? How do we want our customers to engage with that area? Um, you know, how, what, what, is, what are the, what, what, sorry, what is or what are the different ecosystems that we're going to require, uh, you know, to be successful in this regard? And, and when I say this regard being, again, that, that end goal of being this, you know, this global organization. And so working back from, from that aspect, you know, really changes the way you look at growing and scaling and building a business. Um, because, again, it, it's not always the same. It's not just grow, 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 and then hopefully somebody buys this. It's, you know, it's some sort of, I wouldn't say slow and steady wins the race, but it's, it's a slower, more calculated approach than, than what would be the norm. Yeah, I, I understand, you know, the way you, the way you were describing things then uh, reminded me of uh, the guys at Basecamp, how they think around building yeah. companies. Um, those guys are really cool. They, they had a very similar philosophy and, and you know, to, to ours, I think, you know, I, I don't know what their, their long-term plan is necessarily, given, given they've been around for almost, almost 20 years. Uh, but they, they've built, again, a, a larger in terms of revenue aspect uh, organization, but very similar to us in terms of, of what they're looking for for their end goals. Yeah, yeah. They want to build something of true worth and significance. They stay bootstrapped. Um, obviously, they sold a piece to to Jeff Bezos because kind of who, mm-hmm. who wouldn't want him as a guy, yeah. right? <laughs> that, but yeah. yeah, like those guys, um, they, I, I, they, like I've done a lot of reading and I'm, I'm going to interview them in the next couple of weeks, which is I'm really excited about. And, and they could say bootstrap because they can control their own destiny and they are actually right. not, I get what you mean around this, this hunger for growth and more and more and more and these hitting the targets. Like, you know, I speak, I've spoken to a lot of founders. We are, you know, our founder, we, we are bootstrapped too, so we don't have investors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're in a similar position like yourself where we don't necessarily need them. But um, one thing I'm curious around is just as a founder, like you're hungry, how do you, how do you like, you know, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you do want more, like you do want to like grow this thing. You do want it, like it's so exciting. Like uh, you're still like that, right, Ross? You know what I mean? Like, mm. but can you see the difference? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's, that's, again, that's what, what makes, you know, what makes our situation or the base camp situation just different than the, the norms. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Well, look, we have to work towards wrapping up, mate. So um, a couple of last questions. Um, one just around leadership. Uh, like what, what kind of leader would you describe yourself as? So I come from a background where, or, or as the company grew, where I was doing, you know, more or less everything outside of the, <coughs> the actual code development of, of our product. So, you know, I have a unique set of, unique understanding of the various different aspects, right? And going back to some of our, our previous questions, again, I didn't raise $10 million and hire a VP of sales, a VP of marketing, a VP of client success, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I had to do all of those jobs. So that gives you, you know, a very unique understanding of what, you know, what is, is going on in those areas, you know, how, how you want the business to run, how you want it to be efficient, um, and so on and so forth. So um, that, you know, I guess you could say went on for a little bit longer in terms of the time frame than it probably should have. Uh, as in we didn't, in, you know, I didn't invest in a leadership team uh, at, an, at an early date. It was, it was, it's literally been the last, I guess you could say, 12 months. 
that that has become, you know, become our, our core focus. Um, and so in the last 12 months, it, it, you know, I've, I've brought on the right individuals that, you know, that gave me the confidence that I could step away from those, those departments or those areas. I'm still very much, uh, you know, connected in, in terms of the product side of things. Uh, you know, thankfully, our our roadmap or our our, our direction from there is is really going to take us through the next few years at a minimum, as to where it stands now. So there's not a lot, uh, you know, that's required there more so than than just the execution side of things, um, and that's really the mode we're in right now. It's you know we have the roadmap, we have the blueprint, we have the strategy, uh, we just need to execute on on it from there. So um, you know that that's. That's really sort of from a you know from a, a leadership perspective what I'm where I'm focusing on and that's why uh, you know you mentioned that I'm in, I'm in Sydney right now I have been traveling more to give my team you know the freedom and and you know the ability to to just to just do their jobs and and get things done uh, as opposed to say you know breathing down their necks and and the the past uh, uh, version of myself w- would certainly be more you know aligned with with that view uh, but we're we're not going to get to the you know hundred two hundred three hundred uh, million dollar mark with me, you know, being involved with every sale, with me being involved with every client, with me being involved with every, you know, with every issue that comes up. Mm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And do you have any mentors? Uh, I do actually. A gentleman who resides on one of our boards, um, it, you know, certainly falls within that uh, that category. And um, you know, while relatively new from you know from a timing perspective, in the last, uh, it's been about. Um, Actually, it's been about eighteen months now, um, but extremely helpful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but also, you know, gave you know, he's very much an expert in terms of of you know people and and people management and and understanding you know how how best to to manage uh, you know the individuals who are who are again becoming the backbone of the organization. So whether that's your leadership team, whether that's the frontline individuals. Um, you know, it's really been beneficial in that area because my my view, as I said before, uh, was very different in that I had to, you know, kind of had to to get things done. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, um, how, how come you decided to to create a board? Um, so when, when we when I sold a, a portion of the company um, two or which was about two years ago, uh, that's when the board you know was formed. So we we you know two of the uh, the partners that we brought in, you know, took on board seats, uh, and then the uh, the gentleman who is my mentor is uh, is our independent as well. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so, a couple of last questions because I said we have to wrap um, in a month of your time. Uh, so, what's next for you guys? What really excites you? You said you've got like you know you're stepping a little bit back and you're kind of letting the team, uh, you know, your leadership team uh, really drive things. But yeah, what's next for you that really excites you? And uh, where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and also Maripost? Absolutely. So, I mean, in terms of the, the most exciting aspects, it really goes back to those those sort of product elements that I mentioned as in, you know, uh, we, we, we again, we did have a, a new suite of tools called Maripost Sales Cloud that launched, uh, you know, recently. So that, that's very exciting that we're, we're no longer, you know, a one product or one platform organization. Um, you know, the, the self-service products are very exciting to me because we're, again, we're, we're gaining the, you know, a new sales strategy, a new sales, you know, kind of model as well as to how we acquire customers and, and how we market ourselves and such. Um, you know, it's, it's very exciting, you know, many of the, the leaders that we brought into the organization, certainly from a sales and marketing and, and client success and operations perspective, uh, you know, watching them grow and be able to execute on, on the vision that's been provided is, is of course, you know, going to be the core to our, our next stage here. 
you know, so, so that's kind of, you know, I, I'd say those are the, the areas that I'm most excited about, which are, are pretty standard, I think, with, you know, with a, a business of our size. Um, yeah, so uh, of, of course, our website, you know, www.maripost.com is, is really the core. And um, the great actually piece about it is, is we, we've, you know, kind of adapted it to, to share more about us, again, as an organization, um, you know, versus just the, the customer acquisition side of things. Certainly, you can go into the different products that we have and, and learn more about those. Um, but again, when you, when you go to the actual, uh, site itself, it's really just who we are, you know, what, what we're doing, where we're going and, and, um, you know, what, what we're focused on, I guess you could say both from a, a culture perspective, from a, a philanthropic or, or, or more global perspective. Um, so that, that's certainly the best place. Awesome. Well, look, uh, thank you so much for your time, Ross. It was an absolute pleasure. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, next time you're in Melbourne, uh, yeah, great to catch up, mate. Let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.